Welcome to episode 36 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. If you've been enjoying the show or find this conversation beneficial, please take a moment to leave us a rating or review. In this episode, I'm talking with Projal Gatek, who is the CEO and co-founder of OnLoop, where he envisions a world where work is designed to make people better while getting things done. Check out the episode here. Projal discussed the importance of expression and influence in communication. We also chat about how to prepare so that you can easily adapt to your audience and how the world of virtual work has changed how leaders need to lead. I hope you enjoy. Rajal, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Definitely interested in the work that you're doing with your current company. But before we jump into all that, maybe paint the picture for the listeners a little bit about your background, career journey, and then ultimately what, what is that you're working on today? Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. You know, today I'm I'm dialing in from Singapore, uh, which is which is where I live at the moment with my wife. But but really, sort of have had a global career over the last sort of twelve to fourteen years. Um, I first started out in Asia, so I grew up in India uh, and went for undergrad in Singapore uh, and worked in management consulting at Accenture for a few years in Southeast Asia before moving to the U.S. for business school. And then after a couple of years in finance in New York um, and some internships in Latin America, made my way back to Asia. And so been sort of around the world uh, a couple of times, but but Singapore is, is home today. Perfect. And the, the company, maybe jump into a little bit, the company that you're, you're leading today and really what brought you to that? Yeah, so um, I run a company called OnLoop that, uh, we founded in 2020, and Onloop was born largely from personal pain. Um, and so, right before starting the company, I'd spent close to four years at Uber in in a variety of of roles, um, both on the general management side, on the strategy side, as well as the BD side. And I was quite frustrated with with both the practices and the tools that me and my team were subject to when it came to anything sort of team-related or talent-related, so be it recruiting or, or performance management or learning and development, uh, it was typically processes and tools that, that we tended to not like, and, and that made people run away from, from things like goals, feedback, development that are actually quite critical for each person's career, uh, but the way they've been practiced in organizations left much to be wanted. And so, uh, you know, we sort of were born in the pandemic as we sort of shifted to this new hybrid normal. Uh, to try and rethink a lot of those practices from scratch. Fascinating. Yes, I know throughout my career, going through those performance management cycles and just the, the tools and the cadence of them were always somewhat felt, felt forced, felt cumbersome. So it's great to see some innovation in this space to really try to bring about engagement and really keep people moving along and kind of keep them encouraged and growing and developing. So as I think about what you've shared, a couple trips around the world, working in management consulting, finance, uh, tech startups, rapidly growing companies, and then growing your own company, I would imagine that you've come across some folks that are pretty outstanding communicators, and then maybe folks on the other end of that spectrum where probably not the best communicators. When you hear the term 
communication skills, or maybe that, you know, this person's a great communicator. What, what are you envisioning or what comes to mind for you? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, two things come to mind. One is obviously expression. Communication is how, you know, from the earliest days we've, we've learned to express uh, what we feel or, or, or what we want or, or what we want to get out. And then on the other end is influence and being able to, whoever you're communicating to, being able to inspire some action. And that action might be feeling understood or that, might act, that action might be going to war or that, or that action might be working 24-7. Whatever that might be, I think, when, when people communicate, there is a inward sort of manifestation of, of expressing um, something. Um, and then typically on the audience side, trying to influence or drive some outcome. So I, I would think of, and that's a great perspective. I don't think I've had anyone really position it that way before, this idea mm -hmm. of expression and influence. I think you're going to have to have one or both of those together, right? It's hard to have one without the other. Hard to be mm -hmm. influential without really being expressive. And as I think of expression or being expressive, two components to that. One, mm. really putting yourself out there and sharing and being expressive as to what you want. And then I believe matching that with your communication style, meaning as you're expressing something that's a, a deeply held, very sincere belief, making sure that your tone, posture, body language, gestures, all that is is really matching. Uh, is that, Am I kind of picking up, is that what you're you're going for there or... Yeah, I mean, I, I think at some level, we all have our own styles. And and for me, what speaks most often to me in a communicator is when it feels authentic. And 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 when, but to your point, there, there seems to be alignment. And with some people that is loud and boisterous, with some with some others, it's it's humor filled. Uh, with, with some others, it it comes with a very clear narrative and a story. And and I don't think that trying to be someone else really sort of solves the problem. I think we each have to find our authentic way to come across with a message to land on the other side. Rajal, I'm glad you brought up authenticity because that's so important when communicating because if you're not that naturally loud, boisterous type of person, or maybe you just don't have a strong sense of humor and you try to, to work jokes into maybe communication or presentation, oftentimes those are going to fall flat and have the opposite impact when you're trying to be somebody that you're not. And I think really the magic for communication does happen is where there is that authenticity. There's the match between what you're saying and what you're doing. And then all of the other components that go along with that. Love that. As you think about the environment that we are in today, dramatically different from several years ago, pre-pandemic to really where there is this hybrid workforce now, this hybrid working mode where I might be in the office three days a week or at home, I'm traveling some, maybe I'm exclusively remote, my colleagues are exclusively in the office. What are, what are some of the skills that you're seeing that really are critical for success today, really when it comes to this area of communication? No, thank you for asking that. And obviously we spent a lot of time uh, thinking about that as we think about our product in the context of hybrid teams. But one of the things that was much easier to do in an in-office world was to drive everyday clarity 
in terms of what was going on, as well as bring visibility um, to the work that people were doing. And if you think about sort of the burnout pandemic and, and why people have, have been more burnt out through the pandemic, yes, some of it is people working hard, but it's more around not feeling successful and not having a clear feedback loop around things are moving in the right direction. And managers who have been historically great communicators um, and, and are able to consistently check in with their team members have led to more productivity in those organizations versus others. And, and rightly or wrongly, not every manager is skilled enough to drive that. And so as we think about even our product, we think a lot about how we can aid managers to have that visibility as well as give team members that clarity through technology products in addition to sort of cadences or communication that they might have because that informal check-in loop has gone away, which, which I think a lot of leaders have relied upon to, to drive outcomes. And the reason why a lot of CEOs want their teams back is because they don't know how to drive outcomes and action as well in a hybrid world as they could in a physical world. So it's really leaders who have to adapt and get better to operate in this new normal. And I, and I don't think it's going away. I, I think even if right. people go back to the office, that's going to be three days a week. I don't think we are consistently globally going back to a five day in office work week. Definitely agree with that. And whether it's two days a week, three days a week, or certain roles need to be in the office, certain roles are easily able to do remotely, whatever companies decide on, I do agree hybrid work is going to be here for quite some time. And the two things that I heard there, clarity and visibility when it comes to, to communicating, I've worked from a home office probably for the past decade more. So just in my types of role, I've been at home for quite some time. But I do remember being in an office space, especially early in my sales and business development career, and sometimes just having that quick interaction, popping into the office or getting a quick thumbs up or a, you know just say, hey, how's it going from the boss really did mean a lot. So now when so many people are home, they're not getting that, they're busy, you know, their leaders may be pulled in different directions or... They don't say, oh, gosh, I don't want to call. They're probably busy, this or that. So I think having some sort of tools and technology to really keep that, as you said, that feedback loop going is going to be really important. It's still early days, right? So, and um, there's a lot that we will have to figure out. I think as we think about the metaverse, as we think about immersive tech, there's, there's, there's a lot that we will have to change to optimize for operating not only in a hybrid world, but also in a more global world. Uh, I don't know the exact stats on this, but through the pandemic, a lot of companies have also effectively globalized more because now the delta in hiring an engineer in Palo Alto versus hiring an engineer in Sao Paulo suddenly shrank because both are going to be remote. And the, and the cost delta is worthwhile to think about how those jobs move around the world. And so, you know, the future of work according to us, is global and hybrid. And, and that will require us to rethink a lot of things that we've taken for granted before. Yeah, the, the hybrid aspect and then the globalization of it's definitely going to be interesting as companies really are now trying to lead teams truly across the world in multiple time zones. So you may have employees on your team where 
you might have maybe an hour a day of overlap where you're both quote technically online. I know just with the, the direct team that I lead, there's one hour where everybody's kind of online at the same time. Yeah. So trying to get, get people together. Then we layer on our global partners who are all over the world, create some, some unique challenges, kind of keep communication lines open and to make sure things don't fall by the wayside, so to speak. Now, one thing I think we're going to see a lot more of is asynchronous audio and asynchronous video. Uh, if you think about most asynchronous communication in companies today, it's still primarily text. So it's, mm -hmm. it's email or Slack or text messages, but there's so much more fidelity in, in, in voice and video and, and often so much faster from a, from a sort of sender perspective to be able to communicate a message. Obviously, we've seen products like Loom sort of really take off in that sort of asynchronous video space, but I think a lot more is going to happen there. And as we think about sort of generative AI technologies, also being able to easily translate between voice, video, text almost seamlessly. And so we live in exciting times with regards to the future of communication, especially at work. And I'm even seeing it now just from a, a sales perspective and more so even an inbound sales perspective where rather than getting a, a cold email, I'm getting a video from somebody. Yeah. Somebody's sending it and a, a video is coming through. And there's definitely some, some pros to that where you really can get your message across. I think more pur purposefully, you know, bring in the empathy to it and just really get your passion out for what you do. So I, I do think there's a lot of opportunity out there. For sure. And uh, it's a, it's a great idea. We actually haven't tried it, but maybe we should. And I think you can really stand out if you're a good communicator. Exactly. That, that That's a key part to it. As you think through your career journey and the success that you've had, like I said, working for a number of high profile organizations, starting your own business now, what, what skills or what communication skills really would you attribute your success to? Going back to what we said about authenticity, I think it becomes quite important to also adapt yourself to the audience. So, so my wife actually uh, complains that I'm too rambly on podcasts. And, and when we did our wedding vows, she, she was by far better than I was. And she just had such a clear narrative and such a clear story um, that it really sort of resonated um, end to end. And so versus I tend to be, as a communicator, more sort of in the moment in talking through how I feel about situations. So I think the things mm -hmm. that really help folks is obviously storytelling and narrative. And that is a skill set that is underappreciated um, in the world, especially at work, uh, but especially being a founder, being able to paint a compelling story of the future um, or where you want your company becomes quite huge in terms of you know inspiring people to fund you or or even with early adopter customers as to why they should take a chance on something new i think narrative and storytelling is huge the second is is obviously practice and preparation you know even if you're going to go improvise in the conversation being really well prepared allows you to make the right pivots in the conversation as needed versus if you are winging the conversation entirely you're not going to be able to be that able to extract what you need to from the conversation um 
I was at a summit in Tel Aviv where one of um, Tel Aviv's most well-respected journalists was talking about this when she goes to interview someone, just the level of prep that goes into it. So although it's a live interview that can go in a many directions, knowing the various pathways that a conversation could go really helps her get the most out of every conversation. So I would say, you know, being able to paint a narrative and storytelling to being prepared uh, and practice. And then three, using the right visual aids, depending on the context, right? So some conversations are better if you don't use slides, because maybe you want people to focus on you. Some conversations are better with slides with just one big image so that people are seeing some context, but still focus on it. Maybe in some cases, you want to present data that you're just talking to the inside to. So, so depending on the context, I think using the right visual cues also becomes important. So I would say those are the three that come to mind. There's so much gold in there. I, thank you for sharing those. You Just yesterday, I was reading an article about storytelling and really talking about how the impact of the story can ultimately really define the value of the product or service. And it was a research study that they did where they took really items that have very small value, like they, they're worth pennies or nickels, whatever it was, and able to sell them for multiples of what it should be, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars based on the story that they're able to come up to for the background of this item. So I think the story is huge, especially as a company leader, a founder, to not only help the clients understand, you know, really what we're all about, who we are and how we can help you, but to kind of get the team in line to understand really that big picture, the mission, but to keep them excited and engaged. So storytelling, absolutely important. And I love this idea you had mentioned, really the idea of preparing to the point where you can easily pivot. Sometimes people over-prepare they prepared so much that they can't change. They know that if they, they change something in their speech or their presentation, the rail, they're just going to go off the rails. And you know, I see the, the football helmet in your background. And as I think of communications, I, I typically think of it as, as a quarterback. If you think yeah. of some of the, the best quarterbacks in American football, where they're able to come to the line, they've watched so much film and know their opponent, know the situation they're going into, those three seconds that they're walking, they can quickly scan, see what, yeah. what is, and they can make a quick change. They can call that audible. Communication really is the same way. You need to do the, the homework on the front end so that if the conversation shifts or you get asked a different question or whatever it is, you can quickly and comfortably make that pivot. So those are Absolutely. fantastic points there. And then the visuals spot on. The visuals that you're using really need to match your intent your audience, what the audience is hoping to get out of it. And sometimes, as you mentioned, you don't need them. It really should just be a conversation. And if you have visuals, they ultimately should be the support. You really should be yes. the focus. The visuals there really are just there to kind of support or reinforce your message. Absolutely. Uh, and that's been hard for a lot of folks going into the pandemic, especially uh, for fundraising. And, and the best fundraising advice I've got from folks is don't do a deck. Right, uh, because that's your one option to develop a relationship. And if you are two small boxes and the slides the whole page, that that just takes up, you know, disproportionate real estate versus what you're trying to establish in the conversation. So um, that's that's going to change a lot of folks too with the pandemic. 
Yeah, it was funny. I was recently had the opportunity to go into my daughter's school. She's in fourth mm-hmm. grade to give them some tips on presenting and public speaking. And right. one of the the points was you don't want to have paragraphs up on your slides because I, I got a couple of weeks prior, I came in to watch them do some presentations and all it was, it was just slides just full of words. And so as I'm talking about this tip, you know, I splash up a slide that has a paragraph and the point is people aren't going to be listening to you. They're going to be reading the slide and halfway through the paragraph. And there's a statement that says, if you're reading this, stand up and clap your hands five times. It's like half the class is up clapping their hands. I'm like, exactly. You weren't listening to me. You were looking at the slide. So it is so important to make sure that those visuals are not overloaded. People get, especially in when things are data heavy, right? You can get slides that are so confusing People tune you out and they're just trying to figure it out on their own. Not totally. 100%. As, uh, as you think through through your journey, who has been somebody that has influenced your communication style? Maybe what have you taken from them and tweaked and, and made your own? I spend the most time thinking about sort of voice communication more than written communication, almost to a fault. I think I should be writing more, uh, but I, I sort of lean on talking. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. And so I've, I've seen that over time, uh, people I listen to that I might resonate with or agree with tends to also percolate into how I might talk. Uh, but, but even before that, I think the person that is absolutely probably the best communicator we've ever seen in mankind is Steve Jobs. And, and I think his ability to combine passion with authority is something that I find super aspirational and one that I don't necessarily try to mimic, but um, is definitely a role model for me. That's the, that's the one that comes most mm-hmm. And I would say two other things that really jump out to me around Steve Jobs was one, just a masterful storyteller, being able to use stories into and related to the benefits of the technology and then if you think of the visuals, kind of going yeah. back to what we just talked about, the visuals that they use during their events and their product launches, it's not bullet points. It's not, it's, it's images, it's numbers. They're very simple that really are driving home his point. And it's, he's really still the focus or was still the focus. Absolutely. As we wrap up here, what, what closing piece of advice would you have for somebody that is maybe they're looking to go into business for themselves. Maybe they're coming out of school, going into their first job, mid-career, making a change. What advice would you have for them around communication skills and the role that they can play in their career journey? Yeah, no, I was, I was lucky when I was in high school to, to be a debater. Um, and, and debate sort of creates sort of a, a platform and, an, and a sort of practice that, that teaches you how to communicate more. I think every person... Um, should should pick would be a debate, be it Toastmasters, be it elocution, be it improv, be it theater. Like pick pick something that um, sort of puts you in front of an audience and requires you to to communicate a message or elicit a response. I I, I do think that human communication, especially human to human, will remain one of these things that that robots and AI won't, won't take over. And so I couldn't underscore um, the importance of it and, and actually 
investing the time and resources to take on a hobby or an activity that does tend to hone that on a constant basis. That is spot on advice. Love hearing that. It is so important to get those opportunities to practice, to learn, reflect on it. If possible, when you're doing these things, record yourself, whether it's audio, video, so you can start to see things, pick up on things, little cues where you can make make tweaks, make changes. The, the earlier you do that, the better, just because one, you're going to have more opportunities to practice and get better, but it's going to help you identify, you know, where am I most nervous or where is my biggest area of opportunity? And I think back to when, when I was in college, I was, I went for an education degree. I was a teacher. I had my first five years of my career as a high school teacher. I didn't go in and get in front of a classroom until I believe halfway through my junior year. Right. So I just, I thought I was like, gosh, what if I was terrified of this or, or just didn't like it or fell apart? I just spent three and a half years not knowing. So the earlier you can get in front of an audience and practice those skills, whether it is through debate or doing public speaking or improv, we have a lot of our facilitators that come out of improv backgrounds. Those opportunities will be invaluable throughout your career. Absolutely agree. And I think it's never too late, right? I, I yes. think that, you know, I, my communication styles definitely evolved and I think will continue to evolve. And um, people shouldn't believe that if you're not necessarily a great communicator by 25 or 30, you, you can't get better. You can always, always get better. 100% agree. Pujal, thank you so much for joining me. Really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you have the great rest of your day. No, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Take care. Thanks, Scott. A special thanks again to my guest, Projal Gaddick. I found Projal's comments about how leading a virtual hybrid workforce has really challenged a lot of leaders who don't quite know how to provide clarity and visibility in this new world. In order to be successful, leaders are going to have to be able to adopt their communication style and methods to the changing environment. If you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to Communicast so that you can be notified of new episodes. Thanks and have a great day.